From racing.com and top sport, this is a good three with Dr. Turf, Matt Welsh and Paul Tatnall. Hello and welcome to another edition of the A Good Three podcast. I'm not Matt Welsh, I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me as they always do each week, Dr. Turf, Paul Tatnell. Hey, Rog. How are you, Turf? It's, uh, the carnival is over, as the Seekers once sang. <laughs> yeah, they did, and uh, they'll never sing that again either, just quietly. You know, it's you wake up on the Sunday morning and you think, oh, thank God for that, just because it's so gruelling doing form and you've got, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and then Saturday, you've got very little time to sort of uh, take off in that time. You know, it's, it's the same for all participants, obviously, but I found it mentally taxing. Roger? Well, as we all did, Paul Tatnell, editor-in-chief of Racing.com, I saw you, you guys punched out an extraordinary amount of stories, so many that no one person could have possibly read them all. Well, a lot of people did read them, and nice to have you, Roger. It's no longer the Matt Welsh show this week. We might actually get a word in turf at some <laughs> stage or a question. That was a big week, and the carnival isn't over. We've got Cranbourne Cup, Cranbourne Cup, Ballarat, Ballarat Cup, Cup, and then the finale of Spring <laughs> Zipping Classic. Watch out for that next year, some big changes. Yeah, there, I, don't, I don't, probably not a politically correct thing to say, but I just wonder whether... Having Cranbourne this week, and I've got no issue with a, a, a standalone Cranbourne, nor Ballarat or Bendigo, or whatever other meetings they have as standalones. But in a way, it, coming straight after Cup Week, it's almost like you're telling people it's, it's over. over. Yep. And, and I don't like that. I'm not sure that's the right message to send. Look at the weather this week as well, compared to what it was like the last Cup. It, it makes sense to run a lot of these features later in spring. I don't want to start... Well, I, I'm talking about Cranbourne. I'm not talking about I know, the features, but, but, I mean, and Cranbourne Cup Day last year, if you remember, I think it was a heavy 11 last yeah, year. But um, I, I just wonder about the message, almost a tacit message just sending out, saying it's over, spring cattle is over. What are they supposed to do, though? Well, I, I just thought that Sandown meeting with the, the classic and the... Uh, I don't mind the idea of that being back further, but maybe if, if Caulfield was available this weekend, maybe we just go to another Metro track, like you say, just for one more week, just to keep that momentum going and then maybe go to Cranbourne, Ballarat. But what I will say, the Cranbourne Cup and the Cranbourne area is a key, I think Racing Victoria view it as a key I'm area. Not, I'm not disputing this. It's the biggest training establishment It's the mentality well. of punters, though. It's just, it's in the head. No, no, it's just you're sending this sort of subliminal message. I know what you're saying. I don't, I just don't know what the answer is. Yeah, no, well, neither do I. I'm just, is it just me thinking well, that, that it's, you're telling it, us it's over? Well, this this podcast and the job as a host of this podcast has been a launching pad to a position like executive executive general manager of racing. So maybe if I stand <laughs> for a few weeks, maybe I can launch what myself into a position. Hey, do you really want that? Position? Absolutely not. No, uh, Turf, now that he's not here, can I call him the big dog? Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised when he called Matt Welsh "big dog" the other day, and it's fair to say he, he took uh, umbrage at it. Doesn't like it. The big dog is in the kennel this week. <laughs> I tell you what, it has been a big spring, as we know, and it's been a big spring for a lot of people, and none more so than our guest today on the A Good Three podcast. Now you'll have to excuse your excuse the audio a little bit because he is en route to Bendigo because there is no rest for the wicked, and there's no rest for a jewel. Group one winning jockey. Call sign Mav earlier this spring and on the weekend, he upset Nature Strip aboard Rock and Horse. Jamie Mott, congratulations. What a spring. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, what a spring. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I couldn't, couldn't be more happier. I saw a photo of you on social media last night that I think was posted by your wife where you were sitting there shirtless drinking a bottle of Dom Perignon. Was that photo <laughs> taken last night? Or was it taken uh, maybe on Sunday? Are you heading to Bendigo potentially with a Dom hangover? 
I uh, cannot confirm that, but um, yeah, look, how good is the weather at the moment? <laughs> Why wouldn't you be out enjoying it? Hey, Jamie, just uh, regarding the, uh, the the sprint on the weekend, and uh, you know, I'm not talking through McKicky, I didn't have a bet in the race, but watching the race unfold, and you, you think mid-race there, yeah, nature strip, there's something not quite right here. When it dawns on you as the jockey, a furlong out, you've got this bloke covered. You're about to beat what's clearly... Uh, considered the best sprinter in the world. What's going through your mind thinking, I've, I've got this? Disbelief, I suppose. When you're ranging upside, uh, probably the best sprinter in the world. And I don't think I've ever raced or raced against him very often. I'm normally watching him on TV. So for the, the fact that I'm sort of ranging up outside him and or inside him and, uh, and going to beat him, yeah, a bit of disbelief and uh, absolute, um, I had electricity going through my body. You've got to get on the right horses, obviously, Jamie, but you now, for so long, everyone thought you were probably the best jockey that didn't have a group one to their name. You're known as one of the great guys of the sport. Once that first one came early in the spring and then again at the weekend, do you feel like the damn wall's broken somewhat? Do you feel like you're in now really good form and you're able to, to be one of those top-line jockeys and a consistent group one performer, provided you obviously get the right horses? Definitely after Saturday, like... Um it was kind of uh, relief and uh, monkey off the back with Calcine Mav and it was a pretty special day but uh, that one Saturday was, was even more special and felt like I'd just gone to that next level. Jamie, is it in your head that you haven't won a group one? I mean, is it sort of something at the back of your mind the whole time? Definitely, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, you're not always thinking about it. Uh, it's, such a, it's such a busy busy um, lifestyle being a jockey, you're not always thinking of it. Obviously the group ones aren't here all the time, but when they do come along and you have got you have got a ride in one, whether it's a chance or not, um, it is in the back of your mind, so um, definitely me going into a group one now with, with two under my belt and uh, a pretty significant one, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll go in uh, full of confidence. It's hard work, Jamie, being a jockey at the best of times. But for you, it's a redoing of research last night. It's harder for you than most. That's my understanding, and tell me if I'm wrong, you have mostly a plant diet. Your wife does a lot of your diet nutritional uh, f- uh, information for you. How hard do you have to work to keep that weight considering you are so tall? Yeah, definitely it is. It is... Uh it is more than the the average jockey, that's for sure, and uh, got a pretty good sort of uh, system in place now that is, a, as you said, the plant-based diet, and uh, my wife's a, a massive help on that, and um, she too enjoys uh, enjoys a plant-based diet, not 100% of the time, but most of the time, and um, it helps that we both work together on uh, on sort of having having the best food. Um, to keep my weight down and, and, and sort of have me in the best possible position. But I've tried so many things over the years and uh, I feel this is the best that's worked for me and, um, and and clearly the results are speaking. As Paul alluded to, you're not a traditional build, Jamie. You're built more like a wingman than a jockey. <laughs> uh, were you any good at any other sports or did you just only ever want to be a jockey? Were you, were you a footballer at all? Because, yeah, as I say, you, you, you've got the build with a bit more muscle to go, you'd probably oh. need, but... I was very good at every sport. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll trust you. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, when you um, you busted your leg about eighteen months ago or something like that? No, I'm not sure of the exact timeline. What, what did you What did your weight get out to when you're recuperating from that? What's your natural weight? What do you walk around if you weren't riding? I was 71 uh, after my injury with my leg. Yeah. But obviously you're not uh, you're not able to exercise and do your normal thing. But if I was fit and living a normal person's life, I'd be about 66 kilos. You realise you'd be struggling to get rides and jumps races, don't you, Jamie? Yeah, there was actually uh, there was one holiday I come back from. Um, I had to sweat to ride over the jumps. <laughs> 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 Oh dear. Your kids were there on, on course on Saturday to see the biggest moment of your career to date. Uh, your family's obviously very important to you. When you were out injured and you obviously jockeys just struggle when they, they can't do what they want, how important was it that you've got your kids there just to, to be with and, and to take your mind off the battle that you had ahead of you? Oh, it's so important. They were crucial to, um, yeah, to my recovery and... Um, not just with my leg, but um, with my mind as well. It's all about keeping keeping your mind sane and keeping your head in the right place. And um, when I broke my leg, Caroline was three months off, uh, three months off having um, our second child, Charlie. So she was pushing me around in the wheelchair with with Henry, who was uh, who was two at the time, and Charlie was yeah was like literally two months away from being born. I've got a two-year-old as well, and, and he is exposed to horse racing quite a bit, as I imagine your your two kids are as well. When he gets on his little rocking horse, he rides it out like a jockey. He doesn't just uh, he, he doesn't just sit on there and rock idly. Do, do your kids uh, copy what they see Dad do and uh, and just ride out their rocking horse at home? Yeah, more so Henry, my oldest boy. Any chance he gets, he's got a set of silks that he wears, and he literally wears it most days, finishes, and I actually have to do the race call and... Um, and he, and, he, and he, yeah, he absolutely loves horse racing, and he's actually got not a bad little action on him. Do you tell him not to hit the rocking horse with a whip more than five times uh, before the 100 metre mark? Yeah, so he's got, he actually gets the, the windmill going. I've told him, um, I've told him the rules that you're not allowed to go more than five, and I said, well, by the time you're riding, if you want to be a jockey, the, hopefully the whips are still here. <laughs> really interested to hear your interview post Saturday. You talked about the belief you had in your ability and you would eventually get that grit one. Now that you've got it, how do you think it's going to change your career? Do you think there's more opportunities are now going to arise considering the spring that you've had? Yeah, 100% it will. Um, obviously, I've, I've had my body in my mind and uh, my riding uh, in a really good really good position coming into this season and I've kind of landed running and things are going absolutely unbelievable to be honest with you. And um, people take notice of that, um, whether it's owners or trainers. So definitely uh, moving forward, um, it'll definitely open up more opportunities for myself. Who looks after your bookings, Jamie? And, and has the phone perhaps been ringing a little bit more over the last few days? Uh, so my manager, Adrian Coyne, um, he's, he's done an absolutely outstanding job for me over the past five or six years. And um, we do work really well together. He's a great guy. Um, just wants the best for me and, uh, and and he's always on the phone, he's up early um, putting in the hard yards so I can't thank him enough and um, I'm sure his phone's been yeah, it's been hopping since uh, since Saturday You were on the line at the start of the show when um, when Turfy suggested that maybe Cranbourne this weekend we might lose a little bit of momentum that we've built a, a, across the spring do you agree with that? Do you think that maybe we should be at a metro track this weekend or you don't really care you'll just ride wherever the, the races are? I do understand where he's coming from and 
maybe they've moved that meeting um, to give the horses that, that ran over Cup Week an extra, an extra three weeks to to possibly run again. Um, whereas maybe the week after the Cup, all those horses probably at their grand final over Cup Week, they probably wouldn't risk backing them up another week into another sort of grand final. So maybe they've done it that way. But the Grand Moon Cup looks like it's got a nice fit. Um, I've got Calcine Mav, who's uh, my first Group One winner, so um, definitely, definitely got some quality in that field. Our usual co-host Jamie is the new general manager of racing at Racing Victoria. Now you ride almost every day. What would you do to improve racing? If you had one idea to improve the sport or take it further, what would it be? Uh, to improve the sport, I suppose try and get the younger generation involved um, whatever way that would be but I think um, looking at the crowd on Saturday it looked like we had a good young crew there and um, I think they'd be very proud of uh, of the people they got over over cup week um, but yeah probably get the younger the younger generation involved and um, whether that's uh, continually going out to schools and, uh, and even jockeys or trainers and explaining um how, how great our industry is and how much we love love the horse. Um, maybe, maybe that will help. I, I'm surprised, Jamie. Actually, I'm shocked. I thought you were a dollar one to say raise the weights. <laughs> Been trying for years. Um, <laughs> maybe Matt Welsh is in there now. Maybe he might give me a job out. Hey, what about um, riding styles, Jamie? I mean, he obviously spent a bit of time on the sidelines and don't, don't ride seven or eight races uh, on a Saturday. When, when you're watching the races, whose style do you sort of look at and say, gee, that's a beautiful riding style? James McDonald would be uh, one of the best ones I've seen. Um, I can't uh, I can't copy that. It doesn't work for me, but um, he's just got natural balance, strong, um, just a super rider. Uh, every time I try and sort of look a bit more polished in a finish, I, I feel like I'm not as strong on him, so... I always, I always just throw as much as I can um, in a finish, and uh, it seems to my style seems to work quite well for me. What about uh, do you sort of look uh, at old black and white footage and, and see the, the the Roy Higgins and the Mick Dittmans and Pat Highlands and uh, and these sorts of blokes going back Harry White? Uh, do you ever sort of look at old footage of old sort of uh, Cup carnivals and and and? somebody's style jumps out at you and think that's a beautiful style? I've always uh, loved Noel Kello's style. <laughs> the king. Um, just the strength of it. Yeah. Just the strength. So like- I suppose maybe maybe I've, I've uh, because, I've, because I've enjoyed watching his style, maybe I've adapted a little bit of that without probably knowing about it. It's probably just as well you haven't adopted Noel Kello's style on, uh, in terms of interviews, Jamie, because I might have a bit more editing to do um, after the interview <laughs> if you did. I'm a bit more uh, level out than um, than Noel, that's for sure. What about outside of racing, Jamie? Uh, you like spending uh, your downtime uh, doing? Yeah, so uh, obviously a bit of golf. Um, starting to get into a little bit of fishing with the boys now, which um, all of us are really enjoying. Might have to get a boat now. Um, I said once I'm going to group one, I'd get a boat and. I've won two, so I think I'm going to have to get a little, even a little tinny just to get out in there. Two boats. You have to get two boats, <laughs> <laughs> Take, you know, higher than a tinny, honestly, Jamie, please. You're one of those jockeys who, you know, has to travel around and, and ride as much as possible, but you're able now, with a bit of extra cash in the bank, maybe to take a bit of a holiday with the family and uh, and just enjoy some time off, or are you just going to keep riding through? Uh, 
Um, I'll, I'll continue to ride. We're, we're going we're gonna to pop over to New Zealand, um, go and see our family over in New Zealand for a week, and uh, we're also going to do the. We're going to go to the Magic Millions and, and take the boys to the theme park. So um, that's probably that's only sort of a week each, um, but that's all we've really got planned at the moment. Don't mean to jump too far down the track, but your wife's Irish, I think. Uh, would you sort of? Uh, be interested in having a, having a crack uh, somewhere else overseas at any stage in your career? Definitely, if, if the opportunity uh, looked worth looked look like it was worth having a go, yeah, for sure. Um, we're actually going over. We'll probably be over, be over in Ireland um, June, July next year. So, yeah, who knows? Um, but definitely, winning winning a race like that on such a good horse on the world stage. Uh, might, might, might open up an opportunity overseas. Jamie, as we mentioned, you're, you're en route to Bendigo to ride the midweeks up there today and then Cranbourne on Saturday, Callsign Mav in the Cup. Is, is he your best hope over the next few days? Not, not including today because I won't get the podcast out in time, but um, what's, what's your best hope over the next few days? One for, that, for the battling punters out there. You. Me. Yeah, look, Kelsey, I, I think Kelson Mav can really bounce back. Um, we had a little bit of a breathing issue with him his last two runs since his group one. Um, but even still with the breathing problem last start, I thought he was really brave and still the last 50, like f- finding the line good. Um, so I tinkered with the gear. I galloped him yesterday and, um, geez, I got off him so happy. He just felt fantastic, fresh, uh, breathing was perfect. So if, if, uh, if all goes well, he will take a lot of beating on Saturday. All right, I'll mark that one in the black book. And uh, thank you very much for your time on the Good 3 podcast, Jamie. All the best today at well Bendigo done. and moving forward. And congratulations yep. once again. A dual Group 1 winning jockey, Jamie Mike. How good is that? Thanks, lads. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, enjoy your day. Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this. With Top Sport's best of the best multis, top odds are guaranteed. Place a best of the best multi during Saturday Metro meetings for the top flux or dividend from the best three national totes. Plus, there's best of the best to win up to five grand too. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. A look from the book. Presented by Top Sport. Tiff, you just got back from the Gold Coast. Boy, you're going to the Gold Coast tomorrow. I'm stuck in Melbourne. This bloke lives on the Gold Coast all the time. Tristan Merlihan, our good friend from Top Sport. Tristan, how are you? We've finally got some good weather down here, so I'm not as jealous when I look out the window behind you. Yeah, g'day, boys. And, yeah, my phone must have been playing up over the last week because I was expecting a call from Turkey. He didn't call you. Didn't, didn't get it, was, it was your 18 holes at the Glades, and the, the, the Glades won. Why can't you do both and waiting for a hit? <laughs> oh, I was with my wife. Seriously, <laughs> it was a win-win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tristan's had a win there too. Hey, um, <laughs> Tristan, what time did you stop partying on um, Champions Day, given you were able to get uh, Nature Strip and Animo both beaten? Um, and I'd imagine not only the, the singles there, but they would have anchored a ton of multis. There were plenty of people who thought, just double them up and get in line. Don't forget Private Eye as well. Yeah, well, we'd mentioned Private yeah. Eye was probably a bit well, under, but definitely those other two. Yeah, well, the, funny enough, on um, on Champions Day, we were, we were in a big hole, but they were all on the back of multis. And then that Nature Strip result was probably one of our single biggest results uh, for the year, I suppose, just because a lot of those early multis ran into, into Nature Strip. So that got us out of the hole. And then Private Eye was actually very, very well backed as well. So that got us a little lead. We were, actually couldn't lay Animo, which was a little bit mm. disappointing, but I suppose 
you know, maybe a few had been knocked out of the earlier legs. So, um, yeah, it was certainly, it was a very much a rollercoaster day. It was a very uh, glum office um, halfway through the day when we were in a big hole and we saw the big stand on Nature Strip because we thought, oh, if this gets up, it could be uh, could be a very dark old day. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a cracking race, obviously. Rock and Horse, it's done it twice for us now, uh, <laughs> winning at a, a big price there not that long ago. So, um yeah, it was uh, it was it was a great week of racing. Obviously, Cup Day, Oaks Day, um, and and Stakes Day. It was uh, was it was it was a cracking day. I saw Matt Welsh in the Mountie Yard post Rocking Horses. I got tipped that at one hundred and fifty to one for the Newmarket once. But I digress. Tristan, the Champions Day format. Yeah, he did, but let's not give him any credit. Yeah, he didn't bat it, by the way. Yeah, that's right. He didn't you actually edit that out. If yeah. you <laughs> uh, the Champions Day, new concept. Congratulations to the VRC and RV for doing it. But how does it compare to turnover to last year's Stakes Day? The crowds are better, but did the punters come as well? Uh, from our perspective, our, our turnover was a little bit down, but we, as, as we've sort of, you know, vocally sort of said, we, we, we have been trying to do a few different things there. But in terms of compa- comparative, like you've probably got to look at it, Apple's, Apples with apples, and compared to the other race days, it was on par with Derby Day and Cup Day, which I think is uh, is, is a really good result because historically it is a little bit of a lesser meeting in, in years gone by to those other two. But it was it was a cracking day of punting, um, great horses, um, and, and it just kept everyone engaged for the whole week. Uh, there are thirty seven races uh, Cup week, and you're coming off the back of uh, eighteen races uh, at Mooney Valley, and then before that you've got. 28 races at Caulfield the week before that, the two Saturdays before that. So you're talking... You do look uh, fatigued, too. You do look fatigued. You're talking about over 80 city meetings in the space of That's not four enough Saturdays. That's not enough, too. Well, I'm just saying that there's not, the, there's not enough cattle to go around. What would you do on that sort of quality? What would you do on Oaks Day, though? For me, that's the day. Derby Day is Derby Day. Cup Day. You know, what we think about that sort of stuff is irrelevant because it's never going to change. I don't agree with that. Well, I, personally, I'd like to see a three-day meeting. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I, I, of course it's not going to happen. You know, I, I personally, I think the Cup should be on the final day, but that's not going to happen either. You know, I don't think I should race at Mini Valley on the Friday. I think the Manicata should be on the Saturday, but that's not going to happen either. So, you know, it's all... It's all can, irrelevant. It's all irrelevant. What's not irrelevant, though, is that, Tristan, you mentioned before that you couldn't lay animo, but in effect you did, because your lay of the day last week was stunningly animo, and um, we thought you were mad. I uh, but um, lo and behold, the champ got beaten and um, well, <laughs> didn't work out too well if you couldn't lay it on the book. But um, congratulations nonetheless. James Cummings should have listened and not run him. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's funny. Like, it, it's, it's – uh, and, and obviously an absolute superstar horse, as we discussed last week, but it was just – just such a different race, and uh, obviously the Cox Plate was was its grand final, and uh, obviously 100% would have been aimed at that. But it just you know, when you've got horses that are just a, a little step off last week, like I, I did expect a little bit of an improvement there, and yeah, it was a fantastic race, and um, yeah, we, we we still laid it, but we couldn't. It was a massive betting book, and it was one of those ones where I was just hoping to to one out it, but uh, wasn't wasn't quite the case. But yeah, it was uh, was fortunate to see the lay of the week roll on. So if you you mentioned that you you didn't think he was. Definitely. I don't think it was a moral. But Look, Vin Cox was on Saturday Contenders, a show you work on and I work on as well. And and Vin Cox was, he almost yeah. declared it. You know, it's funny. I looked at Animo when he won at Caulfield um, and he looked terrific. And I wonder whether he had much improvement in him. Well, he looked terrific on Cox Plate Day as well. And you think, well, that horse has got not a, an ounce of improvement in him. So was he vulnerable? And you made the point. That was his grand final day, and maybe Nature Strip's grand final was the Everest, because he he 
no matter what you think about Nature Strip and Rock and Horse, he raced way below his best. I don't care what. It, I'll tell you something. At the at the two hundred metre mark, Nature Strip was two and a quarter lengths in front of the astrologist. On the line, he was barely a length in front of the astrologist. So you're telling me a horse like the astrologist is going to take a length off Nature Strip in the last hundred metres of a Group One sprint race? Not in a million years. He was six six lengths off. So the one thing about Champions Day, Private Eyes had a couple of grand finals. To be honest, you know he'd, he'd run in. Um, He'd run on the Everest and then he'd run on that, won that race following that. So the one thing about the Champions Day is it's late in the spring and maybe these horses are done and dusted by then. I mean, Zaki bounced back really well, though, so, you know. Nice ride. But he was allowed to control, completely control. I think Alligator Blood not being in that race was a great result for Zaki as he was able to control the race as Alligator Blood was allowed to control his race. Did the firmness of the track, I know a few trainers have said the horses have pulled up quite sore since Saturday. It was definitely on the firm side of good three. Do you reckon that hurt Animo on Saturday? Oh, look, I don't know. I mean, maybe. You know, he's won on bone-dry tracks in the mm. past, hasn't he, Animo? The, 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 the fact that it is Champions Day, and yeah, maybe it is past the Champions Grand Final, what it does do, though, is, is it open things up to a a better narrative. Like, there are some great stories that still well, came the stories out of it. I think Zaki, who had to... <laughs> Tristan's still with us. <laughs> this is probably a conversation for that. Tristan, but Zaki had... He knows the racing. And, he can chime in. And my mind had to... Animal, I was interviewing Animal Nation on RSN, and she sort of took a little bit of a front to be suggesting he, he needed to he needed to win a big group one. She said, oh, what about the... She won the McKinnon last year, and he won the All-Star. I said, well, yes, but they weren't... He won it on the weekend. Also, he also miles not Group One. I understand that, but you know, like a big race. But that was his big win on the weekend, and I think Alligator Blood was fantastic as well. Yep. He got his big big win there as well. So um, they were great stories. Both of them were great stories. Alligator Blood and Zaki. They both had fantastic spring carnivals. Tristan Merlin from Top Sport joins us now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you dare, uh, Tristan, throw out a, a lay of the day ahead of the Cranbourne Cup meet where we you know, we might see final fields now just dropping in? If you don't want to put your um, reputation on the line, we completely understand. But um, if you do, you've got, to, you've got to keep that record intact. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go a little bit off topic. Um, I'm going to throw a lay of the day, but it's not going to be uh, on the horse racing side of things because um, just speaking about grand finals, it's my first night back at indoor soccer. This weekend, um, <laughs> You're this, the lay of the day. Yeah, this is my grand final because I've got to try to get selected back into the team. So I'll be saying lay of the lay of the day, lay of the week is next week's soccer game because I'm going to be certainly uh, on, on, on a down after the grand final this week. I thought only your wife could call you the lay of the week, Tristan. But uh, hey, 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 this is a family show, you peanut. <laughs> Since when? Uh, Tristan, thank you very much for joining us. As always here on the Good 3 Podcast, uh, we will chat to you next week and hopefully uh, you're not laid up and still sore after your indoor soccer game. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly.
Okay, well, as we mentioned, the carnival is over. Turfy, for the no, very first... Stop saying it's over, because oh, I had a call recently from a very high-up CEO saying, can you tell the guys to stop saying the carnival's over? Yeah, well, that's what happens when you put Cramming on after Cup Week. No, the carnival wasn't and over when I was no saying dis- it last no time. Disrespect <laughs> to, no disrespect to Cramming whatsoever. So the carnival is winding down. Yes, thank you. Uh, Turfy, you, yes. for the very first time in a... Well, living memory, which for me isn't as long as you, uh, clearly. <laughs> but you didn't go to the track very often. I think I saw you out there, Derby Day. No, no, no. I what didn't. day did I see you? Oh, I saw you, you saw me Cup Day. Cup Day. The, of the, the only one of the four days that I went to this year for the first time ever. You was, sat was there the, with the trackies and moccasins, feet up. It was the parole, parole conditions. Didn't yeah. really well, I was going to be working with the RSN, but that didn't sort of quite eventuate. Why not? So, this information has been redacted. <laughs> because uh, let's not go down that path. Or do you want me to go down that path? Because no, I, I don't care. No, I don't. Um, so I decided to stay home because it actually the simple thing for me is it's easier to punt at home than punting at the track. And I went Cup Day because I love the Cup and I wanted to be there for the Cup. Uh, and but you had I, a runner as well. And I did have a runner, but I would have gone f- see him run and then go home again. So, but I stayed all day. Oh, mind you, I was in the car before correct weight after the Cup. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I stayed home, and, and for the first time, I actually got to watch the free-to-air broadcasters and also racing.com for three of the four days. And I was flicking between... I mean, the first day where you've got um, the Golden Eagle uh, on Derby Day was very, very frustrating. Two things. Firstly, I think the races work. Both races work. They complement each other. They complement... I think racing is a big winner, having those two race meetings up against each other. So I've got no issue with that at all. But I cannot stand the fact that you've got to go from 10 to 7, 10 to 7, or racing.com to 7, racing.com to 7, to watch Sydney and Melbourne. That absurdity, however, God knows how that ever happened all those years ago, where Channel 7 wouldn't stump up and Channel 7 made an offer that the VRC couldn't refuse. I think that's basically what happened, isn't it, Paul? I, I, Something along those I, lines. I could actually say Channel 7 wouldn't stump up what the VRC wanted. There was a the, – the racing, all racing – would have been on Channel 10 but for a, a, an issue late in the process. You mean Seven would have lost all of racing or the other 47 weeks as well that they do? Correct. Well, anyway, uh, whatever happens, it's got to be on the one network. It's got to be on the one free-to-wear network and then it's a win-win for everybody. I thought Channel 10 did a lot better job than they've done in previous years. I think Eddie sort of, despite the fact that as a racing person you know that he doesn't, he's not really, you know, he gets names wrongs here or there. It's not really for strict racing people. They're on racing.com, like I was for most of the time anyway, so that works. But um, 7 to 7, I only sort of went over there and watched the feature races from Sydney. And racing.com just does a good job, as it always does. I'm not saying that because I do a bit of stuff there. It's just solid, a solid presentation. And it makes uh, sense. Without any frills. I mean, 10's obviously got the frills, you know, they've got the money. It makes sense in the long term. But the 10-7 thing, that has got to stop. Oh, I think that it makes sense in the long term for the industry, for the sport to grow. I know we don't talk on a national level anymore because that the war, is it is what it is. But for turnover and participants enjoying the sport, undoubtedly you need one free-to-air landing spot. And I think it's 100%. It's absurd to... to, And the VRC sells its Melbourne Cup Carnival to the side of what Racing Victoria does. So um, they're they're beholden to their own commercial uh, points of views and that's their their right. But on a holistic view, uh, it makes sense to have it all in the one spot. Yeah, I I agree. And I I mean, I'm I'm biased. I I work for Racing.com and I work for the Channel 10 on the Cup Carnival coverage. The the thing about the the 10 and why it worked better this year, and and granted, I was producing on it, so I didn't see... 
a lot of sort of what went to air outside of what was on that that host deck there. But this, it's the supporting cast, I think, that that worked so well this year. Francesca Kamani being able to come out from UK, she hasn't been able to do that for a couple mm. of years. Mm. Glenn Boss has the made an unbelievable transition. He, he was from, terrific from writing he, to he, media. Yeah, he was terrific, and he's not scared to have an opinion. And Dwayne Dunn's really good on racing. Dunn's com, so like it's, yeah. it's a win-win there. Yeah, um, they so. both they both made an almost seamless transition. But yeah, that 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 cast around Michelle Payne, she gets better every one she does. But the she Channel Ten stuff, it's chemistry as well, as we all know. The more time you spend on air with people, the more you can relax and relate to them. And I think ten yeah. we saw a bit of that. Right, uh, media, racing media executives haven't quite figured out chemistry yet. It's one hundred and one uh, in in media, but a lot of executives don't, don't quite understand it. It makes, in uh, my humble opinion, it makes for much better programming. Bef- you got good chemistry between. Before we go, and I'm away next week, turf. I might even see Tristan just for a quick beard to make up for turf's lack of uh, friendship. I reckon there's going to be some significant announcements in the next six weeks around what spring the later half of 2023 will look like next year. More prize money, I reckon, will be uh, more strategically placed. I reckon the Zipping Classic Day next in the next year will look. A little bit different, so... Do you think we're heading towards Caulfield being after Flemington? Caulfield I Cup? So. I hope so. I don't think the Caulfield Cup will ever move, but what I think... Don't you? Well, I, I think, think it's really, really lost at the moment. I really do. I don't disagree. I think this year's Cup was clearly short of where it needed to be. Well, that's... Is that a... I mean, the Melbourne Cup was as well, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, is it a cyclical thing, or is it? Um, or are there bigger issues at I play? Think, I don't think the international... Uh, vetting processes are going to change significantly so you can essentially rule out the internationals coming back which the Caulfield Cup clearly relied on and so does the Melbourne Cup but I think what we'll see next year is some more strategic uh, placement of races and money to really ensure that the later half a lot of part of spring that we're about to enter into now mm. is really it's not uh, the end it's not the end of the if carnival. If you say it's pool. the end one more time, it's not the end of the carnival pool. Uh, um, so we're just entering the latter part of the spring. Yeah. And the best thing is now the big dog isn't here. We can, <laughs> we can talk about this stuff. Well, that, getting but next week you're on the Gold Coast and Turf's in bloody Singapore or somewhere, somewhere. And um, so it's me and the big dog, the big dog and the small pup. I'm going to have to go two out. A good two. Well, good luck with that. And uh, don't bring up any. Don't call him the big dog on air, by the way. He doesn't like it. No. Woof woof. That was a good three. Presented by Racing.com and Top Sport.